This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Mm. Guten Morgen. Good morning, Frank. Yo. <laughs> can I? Um... I'm, I'm going to start saying yo. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> we were like a, a German couple, the slightly rebellious <laughs> child was raised in America. The first time can... I heard um, yo... I always think of this whenever I hear it now. I it was in Rocky. All right, you're poorly. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and I think it's uh, people now associate it, don't they, as a slightly sort of hip hop thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm afraid it was uh, Stallone <laughs> that led the way for me, making it infinitely less cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it was quite cool in the uh, in the meat packing plant where oh, I think yeah. he first said it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do the for you, Adrian. I remember doing that once to Adrian Childs. <laughs> uh, oh, I'd have I'd paid money for a ringside seat. To that. Adrian, um, who was the wife in Rocky. Yes, that's right. Um, she was, and they still do this in Hollywood. Incredibly, they think really this is um, it's a ugly woman part. But we we can't possibly hire an ugly woman because no one will watch the film. Mm -hmm. So we'll hire a beautiful woman and we'll put her in a headscarf and spectacles. (laughs) That'll be sufficient to suggest ugliness. And then also we could have the beautiful... the, the the swan the ugly duckling thing later on when yeah. he uh, when he takes a because he used to get like there used to be film set in offices and there'd be a very obviously beautiful woman who would take her glasses off and he'd say why Miss Elliot you're beautiful yeah. yes yeah but she only had glasses on <laughs> yes. yeah I suppose once you've bought into Clark Kent <laughs> <laughs> he oh. had a similar thing though with Clark Kent. True. I know, yeah, but you sort of bought in. That was a yeah, deliberate buy-in. I know. I but know. If, if, they, if they'd been working, if they were welders and oh, she yeah. took off her welding mask and he'd gone, uh, Miss Elliot, you're beautiful, that would have been a different yes. kettle of fish. Yeah. But anyway, it didn't happen. So, look, um, I, was, um, I was watching the football this week. I was at oh, David yes. Baddiel's house. Lovely place to watch it. I went there. He'd already made me <clears> tea. Tea as in the drink, or yeah. tea as in some food? Oh no, no, you. Um, I don't. Right. He used to cook me, but David Baddiel, um eats like a lion. Does so he? he said he'll say, "I'll do. I've got some uh, uh, lamb chops," and then he'll put them in the oven for like three and a half minutes, and I can't eat meat like that. Right. Oh, he it likes com- it raw. It's literally bleeding on the plate. I can't eat meat. Is like that, that greed? I love you, David. You're one of my <laughs> closest friends, but you you can be greedy. Well, impatience, maybe. I don't think it is. I think that's how he likes it. People eat lamb rare, don't they? Um, but I can't eat like that. So I know he doesn't. Um, I, get, I might get a nice bit of cake. <clears throat> nice. Depends what comes with with these chocolate. Very seventies your meal, <laughs> lamb chops and cake. Anyway, <laughs> so we sat down. Who's presenting it, Dickie Davis? We sat down, still painting that ceiling. <laughs> Um, we sat down to watch the match, and it was all perfect. Um, his son was there, Ezra. It was done, that thing of suddenly becoming like six foot and right. slightly frightening. <laughs> you think, you know, that moment when they've they've adopted, they've become 
physical adults, but you worry they might still have a childish tantrum in them and beat, <laughs> the, hell, beat yeah. the hell out of you for no reason. Some never yeah. grow out of that, of You know, if you accidentally stood on their action, man, <laughs> and they'll, they'll dislocate your jaw. But anyway, it didn't come to that. But we sat down um, to watch the game, and the game started, and it was perfect. I had a cup of tea, oh. I was with my own mate. Oh. Um, we had uh, we had security with us in the form of his son, <laughs> if anything, his six foot muscle man son, and uh, it was all there. And then Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. So five two six has said they said yo a lot in the series Breaking Bad. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that. Of course uh, you haven't. It's you American boxer. That's that's partly why I'm reading it. To you. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was much much later than Rocky. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know he Well, kept... you say that. How many Rockies have there been? There's one oh. every month. Well, this was Rocky One. Okay. It wasn't called Rocky One. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been a bit overconfident. I mean, presumptuous. Yeah. That'd and be it... great. I'm going to do that. If I, bring it, if I ever write a film, I'm going to call it something One. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just think people, there'll be an obligation yeah. for there to be another one. Anyway, you've already got us on a cliffhanger, haven't you? You're at the yeah. football. So we're sitting it's... at David Baddiel's house. Yeah, and... Uh, the England game has just started. Uh, my, um, forgive me, people in uh, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, etc. But um, damn, damn me there. if there isn't a power cut. I mean, like seven minutes into the game. Oh, and um, oh, we hadn't paid the bill. I, well, I don't, I don't know. Um, he, in this um, day and age. <laughs> I mean, so a we. Power cut. It was exactly. I forgot they happened. Because mm. yeah. I, when I was first started work in the seventies, was um, during when there was the Ted Heath um, government, mm. and there was power. The power then there was um, because of strikes. You only got the power for you had to share the power. So half mm. the country got it for three days, and and the other got it. Um, for the other three, four days. I think there's four days in a week. Mm. Let me check that in the, abs- <laughs> the official absolute manual. Um, but, yeah, so um, we were... Uh, it was a... Oh. And, of course, it, you know, Dave didn't know where his torch was. Oh, we all had our phones, but yeah. you think, you know, we're not planning for it. I thought mm. of Al in his, um, his gyno headband that he wears to read. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought, I wish I'd got that. That would I'd have, have been... had to go upstairs, but I could do that. Yeah. Power cut. Well, you say that. Kath um, told me that because I, she was down the road with with, um, with our child Boz, and she said she was in a different room and it went. She couldn't find her way back into the room he was in. I thought, well, what? What? We don't live in this house. She said, I could hear him calling, but I just couldn't find my way back to him. Right. It was like something one of the underwater scenes in Titanic. <laughs> So, um, so I went. I had to go back home. Um, there was nothing to keep me there. You found your way out, though. You didn't we went to out into stay for dark chats. I don't think I'd have navigated We'd... Badil's stairs in in the dark. Oh, I, it was actually fine. Was it okay? Just turned around and went down on his knees. And there were there were people really there were people standing in the street talking. <laughs> it had become like a community oh, incident. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I went back to our house all in dark. It was very exciting. I, for the first time ever, I lit my Child of Prague candle. 
don't know what that is. We don't know what that is. I'm really sorry. Child of Prague is uh, mm. it's, it's a statue in Prague of okay. the the infant Jesus. But it differs. Oh, that's nice, darling. It differs in that it wears. It's dressed in elaborate robes made by the nuns, and it has a white curly wig. Now this sounds like my kind of Jesus. Yeah, exactly. How, uh, how a flammable. bit more Russell Grant. It sounds. It's a bit. It's a sort of little Britain. Jesus. <laughs> How flammable is that wig? Is it perfect for lighting? Um, well, I mean, the, on the candle, obviously, it's right. it's, it's, it's merely a representation. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't get I didn't get <laughs> the actual statue with a wick in the top of it. It'd be that nice if they just put a little bit of cotton wool or something flammable, some you know, and fake Buzz, wig on um, there. Boz um, got out a couple of uh, glow sticks he got from a kids' party. <laughs> nice. I and mean, we were very, uh, it was all hands to the pump. So it's very pragmatic. Can I say, raise something, and I hope you're not offended, which, as we know, always um, precedes something very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you feel about this, Al, about whether it's OK if there's a power cut to just leave? I mean, should you not maybe have stayed at David's well, and I... helped or said? It's ba- it, it just worries me it's suggesting that I'm here for the football. If I can't watch it, I'm out. Well, let's put it this way. We left Dave's house, um, me and Dave and his son, Ezra. OK. And we went down, we were heading for my house to watch the football there, thinking mm-hmm. the power cut was just at the top end of the road. When we realised it was also my house, Dave and Ezra just turned around and went home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the decision was... Was my, it did remind me of when I was 50, someone gave me these 50-plus vitamin tablets that meant my urine phosphorescent. Oh, and I yeah. thought, I wish I was on them now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got three textings going at the moment. Mm. Do we? What's the first thing your partner ever said to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the closest you've ever got to Meryl Streep? <laughs> and um, whatever happened to Motney? So uh, that's eight, twelve, fifteen. Let's hear your answers on those. Uh, How on can those people issues. know what's the closest yeah. they've ever got to Meryl Streep? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, if you've um, been in the same room as Meryl Streep, for yeah. example. Okay. I, but I've, I never have, so I literally don't know what's the closest I've no, ever got to Meryl in. Streep. Don't you text, text in. Then. Okay, fair enough. You're not. I mean, it's, it's not for you in that. Case. <laughs> I have been in the same so room. I've, have you? I've been to a, a wedding where Meryl Streep was one of the guests. Shut up. Yeah. God. Yeah. I'd ne- oh, I nearly worked with her, actually, and that I was auditioned well with her, built- so... But it's not oh, your did story. You, did no, you no, audition no, your story. with her? No, yours is better. You're in a room at the same time as her. That's right. OK. <laughs> wow. Well, sorry. <laughs> no, I want to know, what wedding was it, please? Never would have predicted Meryl Streep oh. beef would <laughs> be part of the show. Meryl beef. <laughs> Frank, what wedding, please? It was the uh, Stanley Tucci's <gasps> wedding. Clang. That's so, a nice wedding. I was led into it. Yeah, yeah. I bet the food that was, was nice. Bill Nye stole my seat. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. I'd read that book. I what? was on at the end of the row as well, so I was. So I, I knew there must be an, the end is Nye in there <laughs> somewhere, but I never got round to it. He got up when he realised. Fair enough, fair play. He's a very dapper gent. Je- gent? Yeah. <laughs> He's a very dapper gent. So hold on, tell us about your rehearsal. Oh, no, no, I, I oh, couldn't on. possibly. Come okay, on. there's O'Connor. Do your funny story. Uh, no, it's not even a funny story. <laughs> Frank's is better. No, I just, I did, I need, well, you know this. I, she I was, didn't know you actually uh, rehearsed. She was, well, we didn't do for a moment. She was there when I did my audition and okay. I said hello to her, okay? Okay. 
Thank you. Excellent. So, so you get the idea. Yeah. How yeah. close have you been to Meryl Streep? <laughs> <laughs> you might have, you know, you might have got her autograph. Yeah. Or um, maybe a bit of a prang in a, on an A-road. <laughs> <laughs> it's all possible. Anyway, that's, uh, that's those. They're what, already What going. are your first words to your partner, Frank? My first words to my partner. You see, I think, I think you remember this to you. Um, I, yes. I think Kat's first words to me was, do you know Chris Evans? We overcame that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, love will find a way. That's that's my uh, that's my opinion. Can I? Oh, I tell you what. I was sent a magazine this week. Oh, nice, lovely. Now you know I like a magazine. Yes. I mean, I got issue one hundred and eighty-nine of Bindweed. Oh yeah. Which is, um, as you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a member of the English Anglo-Saxon Society. Mm-hmm. And, and that came. I'm not talking about that. No. That, that sounds like such a euphemism. It does. What? It is a very <laughs> fine magazine. Uh, introduction sure. to Danelaw. Oh, yeah. What are the covers, Frank, of the um, Bindweed magazine? Well, often uh, it'll be, a, it'll be a, a, a piece of Anglo-Saxon ornamentation from a, a brooch that was found at uh, Sutton Hoo or something, something <laughs> like that. You know the kind of thing. Uh, they, they, um, they, um, a bunch of students um, recreate some Anglo-Saxon um, sheds. This way, can tell you how to build those. I'm just feeling jealous of them, having spent so many years on magazines, desperately putting in requests to get Cara Delevingne, and all this time for the cover, I could have been uh, just putting the old Anglo-Saxon brooch on. <laughs> well, they know, they know their audience <laughs> of Bindweed, and that's, I think, not what we all have to remember. Absolute radio. Frank, we've had some Meryl Streep sightings. Oh, okay. We should say this was in response to your text in. What's the closest you've ever been to Meryl Streep? 049. The closest I was to Meryl Streep was last night when I was sat in a Chinese takeaway and a river runs wild was on. That's from Louise and Croydon. Do they have, um, do people sit and watch films now in Chinese takeaway? I think there's a, a background television that oh, is expected God. in the sort of reception area of the Chinese. The upkeep cheaper than a fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> it's really there's old the little thing. telly in the corner. Mm-hmm. And okay. The, um, we love it. The, the uh, what are they called? The the curtain strips that we favour. Ah uh, yes, but uh, yes. And okay. Ros Bridges says I nearly saw Meryl Streep when staying at a hotel where an Oscars nominees lunch was taking place. We saw many of the attendees leaving the hotel, but she exited via the kitchens. Did she like Robert Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or did he do kitchens? I think, I think yeah. I think that's what used to be a thing for um, dignitaries. And mm. uh, the mafia. And the yeah. mafia. Not suggesting there was any link and there. And, of course, the Mafia. <laughs> don't get nothing for nearly, though. Well, I don't Nearly know. seen... All right, fair enough. You've so, made it a more specific text than I expected. So, anyway, the magazine I was I, I, I um, was sent this week oh, yes. is called um, Reg Transfers magazine. Mm. Um, the world of personal number plates. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, you thinking of getting one? And this is edition, issue 47. Can you believe no. there's been 47? 
And basically, what I've discovered from looking through it about the world of personal number plates... <laughs> Please, can we put this up on social? It's a world where none of the number plates are quite right. Yes. You ne- and that's what I like about it. It is a world where you do get something for nearly, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. great... I think one can learn so much from Reg Transfers magazine that people will make do and mend. Yes. Nothing has to be, nothing's 100% in life. Mm -hmm. So what you get, you get a picture of a car with a number plate and then you get a little little quote from the person who bought it from... uh, from Red Transfer. So oh. there you have a Range Rover with the, and the number plate is 3GAR, 3GAR. What's that? Gary Mitchell from Dundee is, I quote, over the moon with his purchase. He says, I had a, I had a cheaper version of my name on my Range Rover. But what was, the, what was that? I wonder, just G. But yeah. Uh, I had a cheaper version of my name on Range Rover Sport, but since I got 3JR, I can't (laughs) wait to get out driving. Oh. I feel my car looks so much better now. Yeah. What's the three, Gar? Well... Like I say, nothing's perfect in the world with a personal. Oh, he's ruined it with the three. Can I just say, Red Transfer, because there is a picture of a sort of slightly portly gentleman on the cover. Well, I think that's his jacket that's doing oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was his name. It does feel like a Coronation Street character. Red Transfer, he's just moved in <laughs> up the street. Yeah. Red Transfer. Very personable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you as the show progresses. I might I'll give you some other uh, extracts <laughs> from Breaking news from the people. Who, they're all absolutely thrilled with their uh, number plates, right. and I like the idea that people let it, they don't need perfection. No. Yeah. Have, you know, near as dammy is what yes. we're talking about. It's like the people, Frank, with the calculators. It's, it inhabits the same Venn diagram as that. You know when you turn your calculator upside down? Oh, yeah. Love words. That. OK, let's leave that. <laughs> yeah, like Shell Oil. Used. Remember, that was the first one it's I saw. That's not the one I was thinking. No, no, yes, was, we know I, what you were thinking. I, I chose it carefully. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, I will say this about your uh, text-ins, Frank, is um, I don't think the uh, first words you've ever said to your partner is going to yield that much that is broadcastable. Oh, really? It seems that a lot of our uh, readership had very direct... First words to that really? part. Oh dear, yeah. and they've still. Um, I Anglo seems, seems to have worked out for a, a well, very tiny percentage of, of the what population. What kind of a lesson is that for yeah. our, um, our single listeners? Of well, which I'm sure there are no, many. It's just, uh, congratulations, <laughs> Joe in Birmingham, but no, we can't um, disclose. No. I used to, I remember I used to say quite a lot. You smell nice. Oh. You've said that to me. Have I? Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and me. It was... <laughs> what about old it Michael Rinaldi from West oh. Lothian? His number plate is 35FR. Michael Rinaldi, West Lothian in Scotland, kindly sent us this great photo of his prize registration. Um, I think I'm going to need a bit more information than that. That's all it says. But what's 35 FR? Let's work this out. Hang on. What can that be? It's not his initials. No, I think maybe he's uh, travelling incognito. Maybe he's on the witness protection. (laughs) Maybe. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Don't put it in a magazine, you might think. But if you're on the witness protection, the personalised number plate's got nothing to do with your name. It'd be absolutely perfect. I bet they haven't thought of that as a sideline. 
We've got um, Al, who's this one? As the driving correspondent, I'm handing over to you. Oh, I see. 660 has texted, I wanted a personal number plate to reflect my surname of Nash. I found N45HER, which looks like Nasher. Oh, oh, yes. Do you see? Yes. It yeah. was £6,000, so it was <laughs> cheaper to change my name by deed poll. Yours, KD17. Very fine. OK, Nasher of Bedford. Nasher. I'm going to do one more of these, uh, and then I'll... This oh, is transfer. In issue number 44 of World of Personal Number Plates, we featured <laughs> top airbrush artist Paul Carslake with his highly appropriate PK58 <laughs> art plate. Don't know where the 58 comes in. It could be his birthday. It doesn't mention it. Well, he now has another great registration, this time allied to his love of motor racing. Ready? Yeah. He's adorned his beloved SL-class W Mercedes-Benz with an image of Formula One world champion Lewis Hamilton. So what plate do you add to complete the picture? OK, let's see if you can guess that, guys. OK, so that should be LH1. Uh, something L3W1S. <laughs> Lewis. So I'll tell like you. Lewis. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's W44WHO. <laughs> so here we go. Sit, hold on to your seats. Fasten your seatbelts, I should say. The W is the Merck model. So it's a W Mercedes-Benz. OK. Right. The 44 is Hamilton's race number. I'll give you that. Didn't know that. Um, and who is quite simply because everyone asks me who the picture is of on the bonnet. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talk six about grand. <laughs> it's a, um, God bless them for it. Wowee. Oh, by the way, do you remember when I asked for a photo of someone to do a, a mock-up film poster of us? Um, oh, yeah. Because they did one of the absolute um, presenters and they, they, we weren't on it. Was it yeah. um, Blade Runner it or was, something? Well, um, a guy called Warren Osborne has done a Blade Runner one of mm -hmm. us, which I actually do quite like. Do oh. You? Good on you, Wazza. Okay. Guitar Wazza. Yeah, I went to school with a kid called Warren. We all called him Wazza Somerset. Yeah. I met Les Dennis in a gentleman's toilet the other night. <laughs> Follow the anecdotes. Wowee. And um, we were at um, Fiddler on the Roof opening night. Oh, great. Was it good? Oh, it's it looks excellent. Oh, I love it. The Playhouse Theatre, I'd, I'd recommend it. He yeah, said to me, me what, what do you think of it, Frank? I said, no, it's very Jewish, which was obviously a joke because yes. it is very Jewish. It is. And also, you know, some, some of my best friends, etc. Mm. And um, he laughed and then we moved on. And it, it was one of those fabulous... Uh, the sort of drive-by joking yes, that one yes. does at these things. <laughs> very, very satisfied indeed. But no, I would, I would recommend it. I had a little sing-along. Love it. I had to stop myself because I, I saw it. I saw the same production, and I, I realised I get very involved now. I'm older, mm -hmm. and I sometimes don't realise that. You know, it's not okay to sing along when there are performers on stage. Now, you know, I really cried at it. I, oh, I don't know I? spoilers, but it was very sad. Yeah. Um, what about when I went to see uh, Liza Minnelli and um, she did um, that to She's a Tramp song? What it's called? She's a Tramp. But oh, I love, yeah, oh, he's yeah, a Tramp. Yeah. And I not only sang along, but I did the <laughs> from Lady and the Tramp. And the but I love her. That's that disapproved of. of it. Of course, if I were a rich man, which is from Fiddler on the Roof, I can only sing now in character. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. 
Absolute Radio. We've got yeah. some um, quirky textings running, haven't we? Yes. Um, I mean, they weren't meant to be serious textings. Oh, right. We're getting responses. And then, this you know, is what I love about our readers. That's fab. Well, one of your more mainstream ones is, uh, what was the first thing you said to your partner? Or they said to you. Or they said to you. Uh, one of the few that's broadcastable is... Um, Come on, guys, keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> met, my Swedish, you. met my Swedish wife on the tube in London. I like the idea that that... It's a good opener, this. He's a, I met my <laughs> Swedish wife on the tube. I like to think this person's a bigamist and they've got a Swedish wife, a British wife, <laughs> several different I wives. I met my Swedish wife on the tube and said, I thought you were supposed to be at uh, the gym this morning. <laughs> No, go on, carry on. Met my Swedish wife on the tube in London. She and her friend were speaking a weird language. I said out loud... I'm going to guess. Uh, <laughs> Swedish? A vad vill du had a dricka? Uh, what would you like to drink? I went to Norway, age 12, and it was the only phrase I remembered. Her oh. friend replied, why, what have you got? We got talking, I got a phone number, and now we live in Stockholm. Oh, wow. Yeah, lovely. it's good, isn't it? I mean, that it, is good. It doesn't say they got married or she was a willing no, participant. They, it just they said they married. live in Stockholm. What do you think is Stock, <laughs> Stockholm syndrome? <laughs> um, I like the fact that I like the literalness of what would you like to drink? What have you got? Thinking yeah. he was some sort of vendor of drinks right. rather than take them out. That's good. See that t- it makes me when I've seen people on public transport in the mm. past. You know, when I was a young man and thought, "Wow, wow, look at that person." What if I'd had the courage to yes. go off yeah, into that? Who knows what would have yes. been. Yes. Mm. But, you know, I wouldn't change. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't change my current situation. But it does make you think. <laughs> oh, stop thinking. 791, Frank. Oh, yeah. Says, hi, Frank, Emily and Alan. Just laughed on the M6 after listening to your show. Oh, sorry about that inadvertent praise. I just passed a transit van with Reg 7 Goo. 7 Goo. What do we think that is? Well, we can tell you. Okay. We looked at the driver and he was a happy looking baker. So goo as in what? As in sort of cake mixture, I oh, would imagine. I mean, it's such a stretch, these number plates. Incredible stretch. Yeah, maybe he was called, you know, George Good or something and he was G-double-O. Yes. Yeah. I mean... Or it was what his wife said when they uh, split up. Go! <laughs> Or he might have followed the Nazarene and just thought, what's an O between friends? Oh, I see, yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I never realised how approximate personalised number plates were <laughs> until I read Rad's Transfer Magazine um, issue number... What is it again? Issue number 47. And there's 47. a lovely... The, the cover... Not a cover girl, it's the cover guy... This month or week is um, Roger with a D. He's got a few. I do like Roger with a D. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Uh, and he's, what's nice about the shoot of Roger is that he... I know a lot about him, I just read up. He actually owns a lock-up facility. Who doesn't? Roger does, yeah. Oh. minder. <laughs> I think I saw footage of him buying that car. <laughs> <laughs> Where he keeps... It could be so good for classic me. Classic cars. And um, what's nice is that they've got some images of Roger with driving gloves, some without. Oh, right. There's something oh, right. for everyone in that shoot. You well, can play to both crowds. There's a picture of uh, James Twyman in here with his car, <laughs> K90 Jet. 
And he says, Jet represents James' initials, including his middle name of Edward. That's, that's fine. My wife's name is Kate, K90Jet. So we are reading K90Jet as Kate and James Edmund Twyman. You know, you know how and is often uh, <laughs> synonymous <laughs> with 90, the number 90. You know, I would say the phrase we are reading yeah. sums up Reg Transfer <laughs> and also, his empire. You've got to have some pretty willful blindness to him. <laughs> ignore the fact that K9 is already a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if we've had K9 and WHO and neither of them bought into the Doctor Who thing, what's going on? This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We've, uh, we've had a, a message in from a fellow... Uh, headlamp user. Um, <laughs> what do you mean, a driver? You know, I uh, I, I, I oh, said you're, last you're, week that I use a headlamp. Going, you're going to, a headband. Yeah, I, I read by my uh, wife in, um, in in bed when she's asleep. And uh, we've had someone say, Hi, Alan, Frank and Emily. I'm delighted to hear that I'm not the only thoughtful but slightly eccentric husband, <laughs> I'll take that, mm. to read in bed with a headlamp. However, please don't fall into the trap I did. We have a large bed... And my wife is a quiet, still sleeper. As a result, I once spent two hours doing some head-lit early morning reading, not realising that she had moved out during the night to be with a restless child. <laughs> she did come back I thought you were going to say, with a wrestler. Yeah, I thought she'd moved out permanently <laughs> when daddy. I first read it. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> but you'd soon find them yeah. <laughs> with your headlamp on. She still come. She did come back eventually and still regales people with the tale of me looking like a sad, lonely Chilean miner, <laughs> obviously waiting for rescue, I think not realising... I think Chilean. 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 No, Chilean. Chilean minor. I I think it's okay to hit that accent on Chilean. Well, I'm it going might for be. it. It's a first for me, and I'm 62. <laughs> this is what we didn't we have this with the spaghetti bolognese? Yes, we did. Well, <laughs> and I was proven right then. I think. Okay. Well, oh. looking forward. to Anyway, it. that's from Paul <laughs> in New Chilean. Zealand. That's. Uh, I, I, do you? Um, is it? Do you keep it on if you have to get up in the night? As oh, it God, were? No, no. I take it. Um, I take it off when I'm finished oh. with the reading. I, I no, but I mean, if you go to, if you go to the toilet, it means you don't have to put the actual light on in the toilet. I don't think I need to anyway. Well, no, well, no, well, that your, tells your the story of its own. Agree with that. <laughs> I know what that's like living with a dog. Um, Speaking this... of living with a dog, I actually have um, a. A minor dog update. Talking of Chilean miners. On my own Chilean dog. minor dog. You know, I live in the north and we have a whippet. It's part of the deal. Yeah. Um, she's uh, she's had a minor operation. She got corns on her paws. And, I, and it was... What? It was making her a bit unhappy. <laughs> I never knew you could have dog corns. Yeah, yeah, the, the wow. whippets get dog corns. I think I it was thought, corns. It looked I, like little Veruca type thing. I thought they came from the weight of walking, but a, a whippet must... I mean, they barely touch the oh, ground. there's not much And they don't there. wear heels. They do not <laughs> so wear heels. So they don't get the bunions. Well, you say... Dog corns. You say they don't wear heels, but when she had the operation, she came out and she's got little bandages on her paws... And so she's got these sort of special, almost like socks with a little Velcro strip to put over them to stop her going. Oh, they fit me. But it's amazing how much it has affected her walking. She just looks so unsteady because 
Obviously, she's not used to having shoes on. No. no. She's got some front shoes. It's really odd looking, seeing her navigate going down the stairs into the garden. I remember that... It's really upsetting. The manservant in Le Cachot Fall. Jacob? That's exactly the French, what I thought the French, was Are you to Jacob, one of my favourite ever characters <laughs> he, he, in anything? He's always barefoot, and because they've got um, family coming down, he puts <laughs> shoes on, and he can't actually... <laughs> That's the image I'm getting. just like that. He, he puts heels on. I wish I'd known that yeah. reference so that I could have made it. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel it really jealous <laughs> of you now. <laughs> well, you can use You don't have to credit me. No. It's in the public domain. Yeah, I wasn't it aware of the corn thing either, Frank. That's amazing, isn't it? Oh. Do they have dog chiropodists? Well, we just went with the, with the pet, uh, the, the vet. That's what they're called. Mm. Veterinarian. Just in the vet, isn't it? If you think about it, if you if you're a human being, yes. you get ear, nose, and throat people, yeah, yeah. Uh, op, you know, opticians and all that. But you get it's it's like the primary school teacher. They claim they can do all the subjects. Yes. Well, Just leave it to them. This the vets is are doing all the animals in all the different all the animals. This and is all what... the different yeah, and all the branches of medicine <laughs> on all the all animals. Together. I well, mean, super they're generalists. It's very interesting on this. Supervet says. Oh, you know Supervet. Oh, I don't do. You? Actually, oh, you do. Um, what's the closest you've been to Supervet? Techno, don't actually. Because <laughs> I don't. I'm not quite I sure of the situation. Did, I think he flew over my uh, upstairs bedroom <laughs> once on his way to a He's mission. He's a marvellous man, but he says exactly makes exactly this point, Frank. Because he specialises. When I I made the mistake of saying, oh, I don't know what to do about my dog. I think he's got, I don't know, whatever the current problem it was, something to do with his ears. And he said, well, I, I don't do that because I'm an orthopaedic surgeon. Right. right. So that's what he specialises in. But does he do all the animals orthopaedically? He would do a cat, certainly. But the idea that you I could mean, do a cat one day and then someone could bring a giraffe in and you'd feel perfectly, yeah. perfectly confident to deal with both. I mean, cats don't have those... Uh, you know those handlebars you get on the top of a, a giraffe? Those things like yeah. those um, space hopper handles. I mean, what if it's got a problem with that? You'd never have seen that on a cat. You're right, you've got to go from elephants to gerbils in, yeah. you know... And what, same day, this, perhaps? This is the ideal text in 8... Uh, what is it? 8-12-15. 8-12-15. you'd have picked it up after seven years. Our vet's blagging it. <laughs> they're, they're blagging it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, today, could you take a bird in? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit 90s. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's not much of a day, is it? Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So Mickey Dunn has just pointed out that Supervet did an op on a penguin. Okay. Yeah. And he's a paediatrician, so he'd have done the penguin feet. He's an ortho- yeah, he's an um, orthopaedic surgeon. Okay. So the penguin, I don't know. I don't know about their skeletal no, structure. I, I, I'm not going to lie have with they got you. One? I don't. I no. would have assumed it looks like there's nothing in there. It looks like it's just all marshmallow. Yeah, they look like a hold all. Yes. Um, if you if you was, I mean, I could unzip the white bit and exactly. then the marshmallow come out. Yeah, exactly. So, well, okay. Well, I did ask, and I, I mean, I was, I was probably being a provocateur. Our uh, our vet blagging it. Um, Six four two has said I had to take a duck to the vet, and we was redirected to the exotic animal vet, as the normal ones don't know how to treat it. It had a sore eye. <laughs> now, I've I've perhaps done the tone there, yeah. but that feels like you know if you can do animals, then you can probably do a duck's eye. 
Really? Same as you can do any eyes, oh, surely. I, oh, eyes make me sick. <laughs> and the idea of, oh, make me ill. I hate eyes. Know, but in what world is a duck an exotic <laughs> animal? <laughs> Imagine I mean, a duck's eye, Frank. They're but horrible. where do you take a duck-billed platypus? Is there, is there like a, an exotic animal plus that you have to go to? Can a I ask, duck is not very exotic, is it? Can I ask a question about a duck? What are their eyes like? I mean, cows, lovely eyes. 15. One of their best features. Yes, they have do, got the lovely think? soft they, eyes. They've got, they? they've got the eyes of the animal kingdom, wouldn't you yeah. say? The cow? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, um, well, that, lashes. I, I like um, the husky eye. You know the husky oh, dog? Oh, the cold right. blue. Yeah, icy blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. But, yeah, but if a ro- they look like Robbie Fowler eyes. That's what I'd compare the husky <laughs> eye to. It's okay. a sort of scouse blue, I call that shade. Okay. I can only picture that with one of those <laughs> nose plasters underneath it, which he favoured. But mm-hmm. the duck eye. Circular. Duck eye, not their best a feature. Large pupil on a duck eye. Checking in, checking in all the light they can. Just a little ring of orange around the end, and a lot of black in the middle with the with the dark eye. But we all know the best feature of the dark. Mm-hmm. It's the junk in the trunk. Oh, I thought you meant the taste. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. it's the Kardashian. The, the, the sauce, the orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not an exotic. I mean, I'm sure there are exotic ducks. But you yeah. take a mallard to the exotic animals, but <laughs> I mean. I suppose it's all relative. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Mickey Donner just confirmed on um, just briefly a uh, bit more Maybe. information regarding that breaking super vet story in the penguin. Oh, yeah. It was the penguin's foot that was okay. injured. So, okay. it, was, right. it was born like it. It's still on his, uh, still on his home ground. It was yes, because it was a foot, exactly. Was it a club foot? Loss combining two biscuits <laughs> in the same operation. <laughs> One five three has texted on the subjects of first things that um, said to your partner. Uh, I met my partner through a friend setting us up on a date. My date's first text to me to help me find her at the pub was, "I'm the one in a green matted velvet jacket and downing a pint." Mm. That's oh. a good start, I think. It's, that's, that's an opening to um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you, by the way, there's a there's a review on the BBC website today. Oh yeah, by Will Gompertst. Oh yes, you know, I'm very, very, a little bit, something of the build, something of the nihies about yes. him. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, he's very intellectual, bald head, glasses. I'm never happy with the Will. I think he should be William, shouldn't he? Mm. But anyway. This is um, so he's reviewing the new uh, Van Gogh um, exhibition. Oh yeah, and he at uh, Tate Britain, and he says um, it begins. There's no point beating about the bush if you possibly can go and see this show at the Tate. Mm. And he says um, it's Van Gogh in top form. Just reading his, a, a couple of uh, bits here. Um, all the stunning pictures. Just to be in the same space as these paintings is like being hardwired into the Earth's energy supply. You can feel the life force. He goes on like that. Four stars. Right. Now, <laughs> how often I've seen that? Someone rave about something mm. and then go mm. four stars. You know, I've got a thing, I won't put four-star reviews on my poster because I think they're a slap in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why would he do that? 
you can start. You've got to go. Yeah. You, it, brilliant, amazing paintings. You're channeled Give into the half-life force. Four yeah. stars. Come on, Will. I feel for Van Gogh. This reminds me of uh, the time in 2006 when I got a two-star in The Scotsman that read like a five. Just oh, the same. No. Not a word of criticism in it. Two stars. Oh, but what, what's that about? Perplexing. I mean... Well, when I did my play least, in Edinburgh last year... At least year, Van Gogh's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was alive during my two-star yeah. review. You may remember I wrote a play last, last year. Oh, yeah. And the next day, I was worried about the reviews, next day, five stars. Unfortunately, they were spread over four different <laughs> reviews. <laughs> Nevertheless. I thought that was a brilliant play, actually. We soldier on. Thank Enjoy you, it. darling. People, you know... No. You're flying in the face of popular opinion. Well, but, you, you know, know you're, a co- you're a comic. How dare you write a 87% play? 87% business. <laughs> oh, every cloud. There you go. And Van Gogh, the opposite. Van Gogh, what I would say, Frank... No, that'll sell well, Van Gogh. Well, it will sell well. Um, I sounded like your manager. Yeah. I like it. I mean, red hot tickets. I've got one here. It's a Van Gogh joke. <laughs> oh, do you know? <laughs> do you know... I love that, and I'm really sorry I didn't give it its respect. No, it no, deserved. it's okay. I, I, I like I like having the occasional joke with a footnote. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. On the subject of the uh, personalised number plate, in, when I lived in Birmingham, you used to see local DJs, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we qualify as local DJs, yeah, you used to see them in cars, with actually with their names on the cars, not just personalised, but it would literally say <laughs> something like Beacon Radio, Dave <laughs> Willits. Right. <laughs> And uh, and that, I think they got company cars, and they just drove. I'd I'd, I'd be very happy to drive around in Absolute Radio, although it'd would probably you? get probably get vandalised, wouldn't it? Well, it was, that was back in the day when also I think that harks back to a, a sort of an an old fashioned notion that you showed off your notoriety or fame. Yeah. So, for example, you would have had to have had a car with Frank Skinner or FS or three three lions. I think it would be three L S K one N N three R. Too close. I think and it you... would be FS twenty seven, <laughs> and then something like DL, and I'd have to start, come up with something for the DL and, and the twenty oh, yeah. three lids, and you're like, well, it's a bit like three lions. Yeah. What I've realised from reading Reg Transfers magazine <laughs> is that the personalised number plate is a world of the not quite right. Yeah. It really is. And uh, more more power to its elbow yeah. for that. <laughs> We've had a few vets getting in touch as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Call me. Slightly angry. Um, love a vet. No, they're not angry, actually. But there's a lovely vet saying, uh, this is 623, I, I listen to your show as it cheers me up after a 45-hour working as a small animal vet. Well, Dogs, one cats shift. and no penguins. Don't think so. Oh, no, they often do. Super vet sleeps on the premises. He doesn't go home. He can't do a 45-hour straight-through shift, oh, can he? Oh, these doctors and, Poof. you know, the vets, they were, you no know, they're he's committed. No calling himself super The vet. super vet is also a small animal vet. Okay. So ducks, chickens, goats, a farm or large animals, even if they are kept as pets. So you need to take them to a large or mixed animal vet. Well, because they don't have the full-length rubber gloves, you see, at the dock. The dog mm. place. If you're mm. going to do the cow, you want the sort of Queen Mother gloves. 
Um, the evening glove. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, I mean, they go, what, right, they're like, like buccaneer. You know those um, buccaneer boots that women used to wear that come up, come up mid-thigh? They're, oh, that's yes. what the gloves are oh, like. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you're searching about in something bovine, yes. you need oh, a, a longer glove. <laughs> 514 sounds like a um, get-up-and-go character. Morning all, I can't speak for vets, but for me I find the internet has all you need. I'm no mechanic, but last week I repaired my daughter's car door lock, went online, followed the video, hey presto, job done. Similarly, I repaired my cat after he got into it with a whippet. Wow. <laughs> anyway, went online, followed the saturing cat video. Hey, presto. <laughs> oh, I dear. think it went pretty well anyway. Oh, well. Say Absolute Radio does not recommend no. go, watching YouTube videos to stitch up animals I'll or keep humans. That name redacted, I think. Yeah. Yeah. To protect the. Uh, <laughs> I want to I'm assuming it was those little butterfly plaster stickers things. I remember not, not my. Real. Actually, I won't tell the story. Yeah, yeah, maybe my, not. My dad did a, did a bit of home vetting, but... Um, God. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't like this. No, no. This, And I don't even know it. We'll leave we'll it there. change the subject. Yes. Change the subject. Should we talk about this... Uh... Hold on, can I talk about something? I watched, oh, yeah. I watched um, Kate Winslet doing a BFI interview. You know, I'm a big Winsletian. I'm you a big, really I'm are. I'm a big fan yeah. of uh, KW. Mm. And... Um, she was on about when she got a film, a first film part. Mm. Now we've all got agents. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how you feel about this. So she, she was in a thing called Heavenly Creatures. Have you ever seen it? I remember it well. It was an Australian movie. That's right. Mm. And um, it was actually Peter Jackson, I think, who uh, directed it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyway, she, she was seventeen years old, mm. and. She she went off. She had several, um, a bit like you and uh, the French lieutenant's woman. Oh, she had, she had, bring it up. She had a few callbacks. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, and then she went in, and uh, they seemed to really like her. So she was waiting for the call. Mm. Anyway, after about a week, her agent uh, she was said she was working in a sandwich in a deli in Reading. And the phone went. It was her agent. She thought. And she said, "I just knew." I was so excited. And and my agent, uh, I, so I picked up the phone. My agent said, "You clever girl," and I thought <laughs> I wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> I would that. I, they'd be. I'd say thanks. By the way, you're fired. <laughs> you don't like clever girl. I don't like you, clever girl. Do you? Well, as someone. Born in that world, Frank. That is a very glasses on a lanyard thing to say. Okay. okay. In the same way that when an agent, when I started working for a magazine, I think it was Sunday Times magazine, I was an intern, and I called up to request an interview with Daniel Day Lewis, okay. and his agent said, um, Sorry, lovey, no can do, <laughs> and slammed the phone down. I wasn't offended because I imagine right. the glasses on the lanyard, that this is the language he speaks. Well, that mm. reminds me of someone. Uh, Tell me that uh, about Danny LaRue, yeah. the famous, um, what was then called a female impersonator. I, I don't know what the term would be now. Yeah. <clears throat> but he'd, he'd uh, agreed to do a show at this theatre and he said that the thing was, he, he travelled everywhere with his dog yeah. and they need to make sure that, that the hotel was OK with it. So they checked with the hotel, it was fine. So it was all booked. And then the hotel phone and said, actually, we've had a rethink, we can't take the dog. So some poor soul at the theatre had to phone Danny LaRue. <laughs> and he said, uh, no dog, no Danny, and put the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the end of that. 
Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Can I tell you, um, occasionally, this is occasional, I'll mm. admit, on Absolute Radio, I do a, a, a full-on interview with someone that goes out sort of podcast form. And I've done uh, Roger Daltrey, Noel Gallagher, Russell T. Davies, and, of course, the award-winning Al Gore mm-hmm. interview, yes. though I say it as shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this week, um, from Wednesday, I am doing uh, an interview... Um, it says it. It's called Frank Skinner in conversation with. Then it's got dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. Emily Dean. Emily Dean. Yeah. So I'm actually interviewing <gasps> Emily Dean. Brilliant. Oh, I'm in good company. I a feel bit. a bit embarrassed. I'm up there with the likes of Gore. I mean, what's gone on? Big act to follow. It's a bit. It's a peculiar thing interviewing someone you know mm. well. It's a bit. It's a bit. Uh, I think we got over the phoniness quickly and got into. Well, the, there was about was, ten seconds. No, about, probably about sixty seconds of phoniness, and mm. then you just relax. You know when you've been talking to someone backstage, and then you go on, start the show, and they mm. come on and shake hands with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was it a bit, was a it was bit, a bit like that, that, but and a bit, it's all turned out I rather it. lovely. Thank you. So listen in. to that. Yeah, that's uh, downloaded on Wednesday. Mitvok, as they <laughs> call it in uh, Germany. What do they call it in France? What's Mitvok? Midweek. Oh. Is it midweek? But they call Wednesday Mitvok, don't they? Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Very, uh, what is it? I think it's Mecredi. Mecredi, okay. Thanks very much. I have some news which you may be familiar already with this news, but I'm rather obsessed by... He's a bit of a Bear Grylls type, Al. He's one of your lot. What? Okay. Male. An adventurer. Well, exactly. You get what I mean, Frank. Right, right, a sort yeah. of active male. Yeah. Mm. Um, he did... Meaning. <laughs> no, the sort of... Not del- so sedentary. Well, yeah, exactly. No, it's a... Mo- it's it's a- not a type of camel. Oh, <laughs> A little bit <laughs> Gillette, the best a man can get. Yes, I know what okay. you mean. I'm fine with it. I know. I was, I don't, it's not that I don't see like that, but I, saw, I see you more buried in Proofrock, you know, on a, on a nice bridge in London. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. he did a 100-mile marathon. What's his name again? I, he's got a special name, hasn't Oh, he? yes. Attention must be paid. He is called Peter Messervy Gross. Okay. Yeah, Gross. <laughs> I went yeah. to a school with a boy with a surname Gross. Did you? And... It was a bold choice for this character to hang on to it because, I mean, this boy I went to school with had a terrible time. Mm. Really? For being called gross? Gross. Grossy gross. Right. No, we were adults at this point. We still carried on. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had planned this huge expedition to yeah. Mongolia, of this, all places. It's called something, is it the... Ulaanbaatar. Mongol 100, it's called. And you mm-hmm. you run, you actually run 100 yeah. miles over a frozen lake. Yeah. Yes. So there's a, it's, a, it's a big old challenge. He bought specialist kit. Well, you mm-hmm. would. Well, yeah. then what happened? The airline lost his luggage... So what did he decide to wear, Frank Skinner, for his expedition for 100 miles across Mongolia? A lot of us have in... Uh, apparently he spent six months researching the right equipment to wear. <laughs> this is true. And then they lost the airline, lost it, and he did it in a pair of blue jeans and some brogues. Yeah. It's the brogues. A hundred-mile run across a frozen lake. And we'll come back to this um, character <laughs> in a minute. I think we will. 
Although I've never done um, anything of this extreme nature, I've Ultra done marathoning. I've done. Um, I've been on a few um, walking holidays with my partner Kath, and we've done. Mm. You know, I mean, twenty odd miles a day. Nothing, you know, no running involved. Wow, eh? Mm-hmm. And I have been... It's making me think now that the money I've spent <laughs> on g- gore... What are, what's Gore-Tex, it, Gore-Tex this so, and, blah, and all that all right, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I could have done it in a suit and tie. Well, the money I spent on Kendall Mint Cake, which I genuinely bought when I had to go to the shop and watch you buy the equipment. <laughs> yeah. I would like that true, back. actually. I had to. Isn't that true, Frank? I had to buy Kendall Mint Cake. I, I was, was so in, tired. I was from waiting for him quite a long time trying on, you know, state of the art gear. That was when right. I was going to the Hebrides. Where but that's bad fair weather enough. was predicted. You've done your fair share of waiting over the years. But have for... I been? Have I been full? Have I been duped? Well, that's to an extent, I, I believe that the um, uh, who was it that first climbed uh, Everest? The Sir Edmund Hillary. Yeah, I think... Very good, Frank. Well, actually, Sherpa Tenzing got there oh, first. Was Captain Oates on that trip? No, no, that was oh, um, the other Scott one. of the Antarctic. Oh, dear. I think there were people not that my area. climbed it in a three-piece suit before was that. Was like Early ones, yeah. Not, well, not before Hillary, because he was the first to climb it, wasn't he? Mm. To finish it? I mean, I think a few... Tried, oh, so, tried and failed. So some went up in suits. Mm, I think back in the day. Those are my Brilliant. type of I love those characters. In the suits, yeah. a tweed suit. I mean, it's, it's a, a good very, fabric. But it's a very, this brogues <laughs> thing, it's very British. He is actually from New Zealand, this guy, I think, or he's resident there. But yeah. it, he went for the brogue. Well, um, he had the brogue. I think, I think he... No, he was wearing the brogue boot, wasn't he? for the flight, which is weird. So what happened? He said he couldn't get... They lost the luggage, and why didn't he buy trainers, at least? He's size 13 feet. And apparently this is what it said, that in in Mongolia, Mm. they tend to be a bit smaller, and they Mm. said, like, the biggest shoe you could ever get, even, like, if you went to the Mongolian outsized man shop, Mm -hmm. is size 11. (laughs) And that's quite a shop to find. It is, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I there's there's a shop at the bottom of my road, yes, which is a, um, a, a, a for bigger shoes than most people need. Oh mm-hmm. yes, um, and it's in the middle of a normal shopping centre with you know grocers and stuff <laughs> right. like that. Uh, and I've never been in it, and I'll be honest with you, I'm slightly frightened. The, the whole prospect <laughs> of it, I find slightly frightening. Just because it's there. I've looked in, and there's some big shoes, big like, <laughs> like like ferret beds. Is there only there. like three things in the window display that can't fit a whole pair in? <laughs> you could, you could ski. One shoe. I'm going skiing. Can I have a pair of those? But I think. I know, I'd be frightened to go in there because I, I know they'd look at me and say, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> do they have a picture of Andre the Giant signed on the wall? Well, I don't even know how small they go in, in a big... Right. <clears throat> you know, I take a what nine. What size are you? Oh. I'm 43 UK. So, um, I'm, I'm a size 10. You see, you that's... Might, that nine you and creeping at the lower end. I might. Oh, you're quite... Well, nine and ten, that seems about right, doesn't if it? If I was smuggling, if I was going smuggling... <laughs> I might be glad of a pair of size 14s. <laughs> yeah, you could get those big size 14s and put your Kendall Mint cake in there and off you go. Lovely. For honestly, the, I like fill the, your clown, boots, the clown look. Clowns like brogues as well. They do. So... It, well, I, I, 
They, they honestly, broke, I have they? lived. I've lived there now for four years. I've never been in that shop. And when <laughs> I, I, in. I, I think and we I should think, go in. I think I hurry. I can't. Even, I don't even know what it's called. I'm going to go in with Bigfoot. You. <laughs> it's not called Bigfoot. Is I don't know what it's called. It's kind of a name that signifies. Presumably, it. colloquially, people call it the big shoe shop. The, well, and then they go, "It's not that big a shoe shop." No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it is the name that must never be pronounced because I've never heard anyone, any of my neighbours, all that stuff. It never. It's like it, mate. You know those trap streets they used to put yeah. on maps. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like maybe I'm the only person who can see it. <laughs> but I wouldn't go in there for a hundred pounds. I don't think it. it, it I, I imagine I'd never. Something about feet that big. Skinner's something. got a price. I want to know his price for going in there. Okay. <laughs> we found out what price. The outsize. They used the word outsize. <laughs> I'm going to find out what it's... I might Google it. Might be, I'll Google it and it won't exist, almost certainly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could lace this in there you could use as clothes lines. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've got a lot of info on shoes now. OK. Haven't mm-hmm. we, Al? We've got 504, um, the, the, the shoe shop you're talking about is Magnus Shoes... He sent this in. Okay. Why would it be? Is Magnus? Is that does a Latin term for big or something? Oh, oh yes. I, I thought, but unless it might have been opened in the seventies. Well, by Mag- Magnus Pike. Or Magnus Magnuson. Magnuson or Pike. Mm-hmm. Magnus Ma- Magnus Magnuson seemed. Uh, Magnus he Pike seemed taller. Ma- well, Magnus Magnuson must have had massively big feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so big they named them twice. <laughs> My mate has size fifteen feet, and this place is his preferred. Only shop of choice, oh, okay. Anthony. A number of people getting in touch about look, uh, look, Magnus. Can well, I make look, it clear? It's look. okay to have big feet. I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying if I went in there and the assistant appeared, I would be, I wouldn't be able to look down. I just wouldn't be able to look down. So <laughs> I don't know what I might see. I'd be frightened of standing on them. Well, they do sizes up to 19. Whoa! <laughs> do whoa. they? Wow, well, there you go. Well, you've um, you've actually done them a bit of advertising here. Oh, look, I'm very... Yeah. You... Sorry, Al. Several emails saying, I, uh, I'm i visiting London with yeah. my friend who's a size 15 well, soon. Go, go, but... to, go to Magnus. Magnus oh, they Magnuson. are. And they start, I believe, 11 to 19 is the men's sizes. So there'll be no business for you in there, FS. And also, if, me. If, you've got, you. if you've got a Dachshund... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're looking to transport. Yeah. Um, that'd be one of those. You could wear it like a papoose, a size 19 brogue. Yes. Anyway, so this Or bloke, someone else says, sorry, Frank, quickly, but on. Hazel and Ali say, thanks for the tip about your local shoe shop with shoes the size of ferret beds. Yeah. Me and my size 14 partner are visiting London next month. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Um... Oh, that'll be really good. <laughs> we, uh, we've also got a follow-up from the uh, chap who first spoke to his Swedish wife, now wife, on the tube. Can I say the great thing about that shoe shop is people will be able to look at the shoes mm. on the lower thing without having to bend their knees. <laughs> <laughs> and also, someone else, Al, has pointed out, 071, the big shoe, tell Frank the big shoe shop may be one of Mr Ben's shops. Yes. 
Maybe he can be whoever he wants to be when he goes in. No, I'm not going in. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I'm going to say full respect, and I'm happy to give them some more time, but you're not getting me in there. All right. Sorry, Al. I, I believe you just Sorry, referred yeah. to me meeting my Swedish wife on the tube. Just to follow up, I was inspired by my granddad, who winked at my grandma on the bus when they were teens. They were happily married for many years. Tell your readers, be brave, you never know. Yes, mm. probably the least appropriate advice one could give in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to us with your um, <laughs> with your police statements. <laughs> Wowie. But, uh, yeah, good luck with that approach. We like to swim against the tide of public opinion sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, if he was going to end up doing this four-day, 100-mile, mm. what was it, on a glacier or a no, it's frozen, a fro- frozen lake? lake yeah. It's a frozen lake, yeah. And he had to do it in Brogues. It's, it's a shame, really, that he hadn't worn slippers. Slip, oh. Slippers? Oh, yeah. Is this a frozen slip? Yes, no, no, I'm, I'm with, I'm with. Is this on? Is this on? <laughs> oh, good one. Someone's been sipping from Frank's car. <laughs> Frank, I saw the pictures of the boots, the brogue boots, and I was relieved. Yeah. Um, firstly, can I say they look not unlike you were talking about Van Gogh earlier. Yeah. The Van Gogh oh, boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought they had a slight Mary Poppins. Feel. Yes, mm-hmm. but I was relieved because so often people incorrectly use the word brogue to describe what is in fact an Oxford. Oh, that right. And there are, the Oxford and the brogue are often confused. So glad to have you on the show in moments like Thank this. You. Yes. We don't if we could just say, a brogue has perforations on it, mm-hmm. but also has the exposed eyelet. Do you see? So the Oxford okay. has a hidden eyelet. That's more like a dress. So, so the rule is that a gentleman would never wear a brogue with a dinner suit. So you couldn't have you couldn't have oh. a slip-on brogue. Good heavens, no! Okay. You need an exposed eyelet. My point about him is, I think he was a gent because he was so. at least wearing the brogue with jeans because it's more of a country look. Mm. But I did find the sight of him. There was one photo of him in the faded blue jeans. I mean, they weren't boot cut, but still, no, nevertheless, yeah. slipping about on that ice. <clears throat> I mean, it was very top gear. Oh. Although he looked like a dashing character in the he pictures. Did. I did you think? He grew the beard, apparently, deliberately to, get, to keep warm. Yeah. Out, oh! Out there. But the way he was... I might do that. He had like a sort of a... a, a, a like a turban type thing wrapped around. He looked like Lawrence of Arabia oh, or something yeah, yeah. like that. T.E. Lawrence. Yeah. He liked to laugh. Is <laughs> <laughs> that on his number plate? T.E.L. T.E. 5. I still have a problem with him doing the flight in Brug boots. I mean, it's not a long haul flight shoe, is it? You'd want, mm. You want something comfortable. Exactly. You want to slip on. Something, you know, relaxing. Someone with a bit of room, maybe from Magnus. <laughs> a flip flop, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or similar. Yeah. Should, Magnus could have helped out. I don't, know if, I don't know if it qualifies hand luggage. You might have to go in. <laughs> Sorry, so your shoe's going to have to go in the hole. <laughs> it reminded me of I, um, I once went swimming and I'd forgot my trunks when I realised I was already so I had to go pants you swam in pants? I swam in my pants what like the ones you wore in the Venga Boys video? no no they were more boxer shorty type 
pants, and I thought these would be all right, but they, it, I, it wasn't. Boxer shorts? What, Homer Simpson? I mean, what sort of type are we talking? Are um, we talking uh, a cotton boxer here I or a flee? I think the man who sold me was Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Homer Simpson, yes. Um, <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is, I think Frank certainly had to go to the Magna shop for his boxers. The third if, is, you know. well, the thing is with swimming trunks, um, I can't... The material they're made of, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is deliberate, they give you a sort of generalised outline. Oh, dear. Yeah, exactly. They give Ooh, you a, a, I don't like this. They give you a pricey. <laughs> no, yes, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas no. if you wear the wet pants, oh. then you get the, the, the small print. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So to speak. Oh my god! I feel like I've walked into Magnus' shop. I know it was. I think I, my pants qualified as brogues. I seem to remember an exposed eyelet. <laughs> oh, what happens? Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So we're discussing Peter Maservi Gross, PMG, as we've uh, dubbed him. But not um, on his personalised number plate. No. But he P- also got... PG-75. He also got a nickname, because uh, if, if you've just tuned in, he lost his luggage on the way to do a 100-mile ultra-marathon, mm. and so he did it in his boots that he'd travelled in. Sprogues, and yeah. uh, And they nicknamed the other competitors, they nicknamed him the Rogan Brogues. Yeah. Of course they did. I mean, it was too tempting not to. It's not the worst nickname, is it? Speaking well, of somebody the... who went through school with the surname <laughs> Cochrane, he's done all right. No, he'll be all right. I mean, your bar's low. I'd be more embarrassed exactly. about running in jeans at my age. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more embarrassed about wearing them. I don't, I don't wear blue denim don't jeans. You? No, yeah. no, no, I'm, because I'm over 50 and not a cowboy. <laughs> and that, to me, so you no, just... It's a very draconian approach. I mean, mm. I, I, you know, you can wear... I like a, a senior figure in jeans. No, I no, am I one can't. today. I can't go. I told you I saw Jonathan Miller at um, <laughs> at his own production of La Boheme in blue jeans, and it looked awful. No. Oh. Wow, it's worse than Will, Will Gombert's <laughs> review. No, that, Van Gogh. No, the La Boheme was great. Yes. The legwear. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, what, what I like... age should I stop wearing blue jeans at fifty? On the like right on there. Mm-hmm. Really? Women can wear them forever. Oh, oh, do you know I love you? And then at that. 60, can I go to, like, a yoga trouser and a suit jacket like Elton John? Is that allowed? <laughs> no, you go to... He the... likes a shell suit, though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You go to the I Have Given Up shop like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. OK. Can't wait. Although Frank Skinner does not go there, can I say he looks fabulous this morning in a floral shirt, which is very this season, because yeah. it's got a sort of dark floral. It's like, I call it a goth floral. I would tell mm. you what, if I knew what make it was, I'd tell you. I'll ask the, hold on, the producer. I think it's probably Ted Baker, Baker but I will get back to you on that. Liberty. Ted Baker, I'm imagining. Yes, Ted I was Baker. correct. I see, I recognise on site, thank you. Oh, well, good work. Um, this, um, is the... I want to ask you a question about... Have you, I don't suppose either of you have been to Mongolia, have you? I haven't. <laughs> Only in jokes. Is when you're out of Mongolia. Is, yeah. Well, exactly. Is there an inner Mongolia? Because all oh. I ever heard referred to was outer Mongolia. Yes. Oh, it's a real shame this is the last link, so I could think that's the sort of thing that could light up the switchboard, Frank. <laughs> well, is there an inner Mongolia? Well, so I was talking to Ross Kemp once, <laughs> and he told me that he'd filmed with um, right-wing vigilante groups in Mongolia. 
Mongolia. Doesn't sound like Ross Kane. And he, he singled them out as um, a scary... Pe- I mean, this is he, he'd already worked with <laughs> um, Mexican pe- drug barons and the Ku Klux Klan. Right. Ku Klux Klan, by the way. I often hear it mm. said as Clue Klux Klan. Oh, right. Do you? Yeah. You're right. Mm. But you know what? They haven't a clue. No, excellent. Um, so Ross Kemp but, said... But he singled out the Mongolian right-wing vigilante groups as particularly scary. Can I say what I love, Frank? Ross Kemp, his greatest fear is the Mongolian right-wing groups. Your greatest fear is um, an outside shoe shop in Hampstead. <laughs> that shows something about our life experiences, yeah. <laughs> doesn't it? I can imagine if I took him and we just had a little look in the window of that shop, <laughs> he might want to rethink his league table of fear. He'd go, no, Frank, I'll handle this. Well, someone has mentioned that opposite the uh, Magnus shop, there is a long, tall Sally. Can only giants live in that area of London, they ask? A well, long, tall Sally? Like a tall, this, tall women's clothes shop. I think this must be a different branch oh, of uh, Magnus. There's probably, you have to, I think one of them is left feet and one of them is right <laughs> Well, they span uh, three boroughs, the Magnus branch. <laughs> they really? Yeah. And then there's the high-rise one, the tiptoe Magnus. <laughs> um, anyway... If you've got, if you've got um, feet that are bigger than a nine or ten, go and check them out. Mm-hmm. That'll be my <laughs> advice. Or really long nails, I suppose, that you want yeah. that you want to nurture. Um, I've got lots of paperwork here. Um, so can I remind you again that we have a, a, a pod- podcast coming out on uh, Wednesday the third of April, oh. which is Frank Skinner in conversation with dot 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 Emily D. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, today. Um, listen to me and Emily on Wednesday and if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't arise we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out! This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.